Hello all sentient beings and welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode, where we talk about all the news, comics, and media related to the... On this episode of Transmissions Alt Mode, we roll the dice on some new images of the Beast Wars Monopoly game, a Transformers mobile game is cancelled, and Charles reviews Last Spot Standing number 2. Today is Friday, July the 8th, 2022, and this is episode 293 of Transmissions Alt Mode. Welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode, the podcast that just realized Soylent Energon is people! I'm your host, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team, Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko. Hey, how's it going? And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. Hey, let's talk Transformers. As always, we start off the show by thanking our Donatrions, those lovely people who support us on Patreon and PayPal. We really appreciate all the help you give us. Uh, we've got some merchandise coming to a few of our lucky Donatrions very soon. So about 27 people are plan to uh, have have hit their three-month period so merchandise is coming look forward to that Uh, let us know when you get it and show it off on social media and show off your transmissions merch Uh, another perk of being a donatron is that you get access to the early uncut versions of empire of rust our live play transformers rpg podcast so next week monday july 11th on our patreon page you'll have access to Episode 80, the bonus uncut version of Episode 80, The Irish Bodyguard. So be ready for that. Take a listen because the regular episode will not be out for another week until July 18th. So you get it a whole week early. Now, as this goes up, it's Friday, July 8th, and uh, we're all the way on our our way to TFCon. So uh, hopefully you guys are going to see us there. Uh, if you're curious about what's going on at TFCon, you should check out the interview that Daryl did with Colin Douglas, the showrunner of TFCon. It goes through all the things you can see this weekend. So take a listen to that. I would also want to say if, if you are going to be at TFCon, join our Discord and send one of us a request to be added to our TFCon channel. And it's a great way to connect with other listeners that are also there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yep. And uh, stick around for the end of the show on Sunday when we have the Transmissions podcast panel at the very end of TFCon. So if you're still hanging around, come join us. We may be giving away some special prizes. And uh, another special episode just came out yesterday. Uh, This was Daryl's interview with Mikey from Moonbase 2. Uh, And that was a pretty fun conversation, right, Daryl? Yeah, yeah. We had a good time, Mikey and I. Uh, just chatting about uh, things that uh, we have in common and things that uh, we don't have in common. Like, uh, you know, he's uh, he's a smart doctor man, and uh, I am not. And uh, and he's <laughs> uh, you know he's lives in Ireland, and I am of Irish descent. Uh, so uh, you know, a little bit of uh, of of commonality there. But uh, we also have Transformers in common, so we talked about that a bunch too. Very nice. All right, well, let's jump in to the rest of the show, and we'll start off with some comics news. So, uh, one little bit of comics news. We've got a new cover uh, that was being shown off, and this is for the Shattered Glass 2 miniseries. Uh, So this is uh, issue 2 of the Shattered Glass 2 series, 
this is the blaster-focused issue. So this is Shattered Glass Blaster. And this cover is artwork by friend of the show, Winston Chan. So Winston uh, previously had been doing uh, some of the regular art on the Beast Wars comic, the... (laughs) Sadly, discontinued Beast Wars comic just ended, but uh, Winston got to do this cover. This is a very cool cover of uh, Blaster featuring Steel Jaw and Rewind slash Eject. Not sure which one, but uh, all these Shattered Glass versions in their, uh, you know, sin- more sinister color schemes. So uh, it's a very cool image. Uh, and congrats to Winston for all the uh, professional work he's been getting. So really cool. Mm-hmm. All right, and now let's jump into our comic review. This week we are reviewing Last Bot Standing, number two. It's written by Nick Roche, art by EJ Sue and Nick Roche, colors by Rebecca Nalty, letters and design by Joanna Natali, assistant editor Riley Farmer, and editor David Marriott. We've got five covers for this issue. Uh, cover A is a rabid moon rising. That's, that's moon looking very rabid. And that is art by Nick Roche and colors by Josh Burcham. Cover B is a cowboy Rodimus lassoing the moon. And that's by Andrew Lee Griffith. Cover C is Rodimus and Shib overlooking the new bots uh, that have come to Donacht. That's by Sid Ven Blue. Uh, cover D is the Vitruvian Bot by Jim Stafford, uh, taking the uh, Da Vinci's Vitruvian Man and using Rodimus instead of a, a naked dude. <laughs> and the retailer incentive is Rodimus confronting a glowing moon, and that is by art by E.J. Sue. So, uh, Daryl, which of these covers are you liking? Well, I believe you'll remember that... Uh uh, when I showed it off, I got cover D, the uh, Jim Stafford R- Vitruvian Man cover, and uh, I, I think that that's a very cool image and uh, a very interesting take on the uh, Vitruvian Man. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, the one I picked, but um, yeah, I gotta say there's some really great covers in here. Also, the, out of the five that you could pick from, there's there's really not a bad one in the bunch. Yep, Jeremy, uh, which cover are you picking? I've been going back and forth between B and C. I think I'm choosing C because it just it, it has kind of that Western movie poster feel to me. And I mean, like Daryl said, they're they're all good this week. Um, but I think that's the one that kind of calls to me. All right, I think I am going to uh, join Daryl and pick the Vitruvian Bot. Uh, so that I, I think that's a really well done cover and really uh, cool in terms of how it's rendered and, and, you know, kind of uh, an homage to the class, to a classic uh, work of art. It's really cool. So uh, let's uh, get into the story. It's nighttime in the desert on the planet Donacht. Rodimus finds the capsule that carried the other bot who just arrived on the planet. As he examines it, he struggles to remember the words that represent the things he observes. The capsule seems to have no propulsion system of its own, implying that it was fired like a bullet and launched from somewhere else. Rodimus also notices a strange liquid substance in the craft that appears to be bioorganic, but he doesn't know what it is or what it is for. Shibwakis, the humanoid native Donoctian and Rodimus's former owner when he was a dormant in car-slash-wagon form, tries to help him figure things out. 
Rodimus isn't really looking for a partner and is annoyed by her presence. But Shib tells him that he's been in her family for generations. A story passed down in her family tells that if something happened and he ever awakened, he would be needed to protect them. So she asks him what is happening. Rodimus can't remember. Since he's been in hibernation for so long and deprived of fuel sources, his neural processor has had to overwrite many of his memories. Then he gets the idea that if he can look at the stars, he can figure out how long he's been offline and where in the universe he is. But when he looks in the sky, the stars are not there. Many of the stars he expects to see are gone. Shib tells him that the stars have been going out for years, even back to her grandparents' time. They call them the Lost Lights. This does jog Rodimus' memory a bit, and he knows that the stars are going out because of him, because of the Cybertronians' war across the universe. The Autobot-Decepticon war escalated and consumed the entire universe. While the Cybertronians could be endlessly rebuilt and resurrected when they were destroyed, the many organic species throughout the universe could not. Their war destroyed countless civilizations across countless planets and star systems. Their struggle for energy resources consumed and destroyed many of the stars around which those planets revolved. But Rodimus thought he was the last one. He thought the war was over and the Cybertronians had finally destroyed themselves and stopped ravaging the universe. He thought he could finally rest, knowing his kind would never be a threat to anyone again. But he was wrong. Shib and Rodimus' conversation is interrupted by the town alderman and his posse of rangers. They've come to arrest Rodimus and take him back to town. Rodimus is surprised, given they know how dangerous he is. After all, he just ripped another bot to pieces in front of them, and he walked away without a fight. But the alderman tells him they'll take him in by force if if necessary. He attacked the other bot with no provocation, so he seems to be the dangerous one. Ship protests that Rodimus is not dangerous, but they ignore her. They're just as suspicious of her now and want to arrest her too. Rodimus finally agrees to go with them and be taken into custody on one condition. They don't harm Ship or her family. The alderman agrees that she'll just be confined to her house under guard and nothing more. The posse leaves two guards to watch the capsule of the other alien bot, while the rest of the group and Rodimus go back to town. Meanwhile, a new group of Cybertronians has arrived on Donacht. We learned that the mysterious bot Rodimus encountered and killed was named Nitro and was an advanced scout for this group. Moon, or a robotic rabbit previously known as Spine Shucker, is one of the first bots to investigate their new surroundings. Moon's commander Steeljaw and his sister Sharpclaw are also online. Sharpclaw tells Steeljaw they have located Nitro's life signal and it's not far from where they landed. Steeljaw orders the activation of two crew members to retrieve Nitro and gather intel on this planet and its potential resources. At Nitro's capsule crash site, the two Donok townsfolk continue to keep watch. They notice two vehicles approaching that look like steam ramblers, but they appear to be moving much faster and they're coming from the opposite direction of town. The guards decide to hide rather than be discovered. That was a good idea because the two vehicles are the Cybertronians override and riot gear sent by Steeljaw. They transform to bot mode. Riot Gear needs a little help in the form of a swift kick and look around. As Override finds some biomatter left over in Nitro's capsule, Riot Gear finds something even more interesting. He finds the two Donoct humanoids and grabs them. Override is disgusted by Riot Gear's interaction with the creatures, but Riot Gear gets some useful intel out of them. They point him in the direction of the town to find who they think is their comrade while they beg for their lives. Override tells Riot Gear to make it quick so they can resume their search for Nitro. 
Back at Shib's homestead, she prepares to sneak out. She puts one of the glowing vials on a necklace around her neck and hides it in her shirt. But she knocks the case holding it on the ground and the sound wakes her brother Beats. Shib tells him to go back to bed and there's nothing for him to worry about. But Beats is still uneasy about the bot named Rodimus having been their wagon all along. Shib gives her brother a hug and tells him everything will be alright. They just have to tell the truth. He goes back to bed and Shib puts the case with the other vials back in the secret compartment in the floorboards beneath her house. Then she easily sneaks out of the house past the sleeping guard. The next morning, Rodimus is staked out in the center of town like Gulliver when he was captured by the Lilliputians. He tells his captors that he's only here because he's allowing it and they don't actually have any power over him. This intimidates the Danoctian guards a little bit, but the leader just tells his fellows not to talk to the giant murder bot. Suddenly, everyone is surprised by the sound of two vehicles approaching from the distance. The vehicles transform into the bot modes of override and riot gear. They think they found their missing scout Nitro, but they are surprised to find a Cybertronian they don't recognize. The townspeople are on alert and start firing their weapons at the two new bots, but they have no effect. The bots completely ignore them as they approach Rodimus. Meanwhile, Shib has snuck into town and gets close enough to talk to Rodimus while everyone is distracted. Rodimus can't see what's happening, but Shib fills him in that two new bots like him have appeared. She tells Rodimus he has to get up, but Rodimus' energy is completely depleted. He can't move and he can't help. So he tells Shib she has to run and hide to stay safe. But Shib objects that maybe she can help as she reaches for the vial on her necklace. But before Shib can do anything, an override and ride gear reach Rodimus. They are surprised to find another Cybertronian alive and are more than willing to help and welcome him to their group. Rodimus protests, but he's in no condition to resist. They remove Rodimus's restraints and help him up, then transform to vehicle modes and carry the prone Rodimus back to their camp. Rodimus continues to despair that there are any Cybertronians still alive, but the other bots just assume he's delirious and want to help him. Completely ignoring the humanoids, they drive off into the desert back to their landing site. Back at the Cybertronians' camp, they have begun setting up some kind of processing equipment. Several more bots have been woken from stasis to help with the construction. Moon asks if, they'll all, if they will also revive the veteran. But Steeljaw sees that old Cybertronian as the most useless and annoying of their number, so they'll keep, him, they'll, they'll keep them offline for now. Override and Riot Gear return with their new guest. They tell Steeljaw and the others they haven't found Nitro, but they did find a new Cybertronian. They are also shocked to find a new bot still alive on this strange planet. Rodimus tries to push them away from him and tells him he's going to fight them, but he's too weak to do anything. Severely deprived of energy, Rodimus collapses into unconsciousness. While offline, Rodimus flashes back to a time when he first landed on Donoct. At the time, he was not alone. Fellows Autobots, Strongarm, and Gripper were still with him. But they thought they were the last Cybertronians alive and finally able to find peace in the universe. The fla- this flashback ends as Rodimus regains consciousness. Steeljaw and the other bots are trying to make Rodimus as comfortable as possible, but Rodimus is not welcoming their help. Steeljaw continues to call him brother since they think their group is the last remaining Cybertronians. Rodimus says he won't work with Decepticons, but Steeljaw says the factions don't matter anymore. Rodimus tells him to stop calling him brother, but Steeljaw doesn't know his name and asks for it. Rodimus is surprised that he don't know him, but he tells him his name is Rodimus. The bots stare at him with no hint of recognition. Rodimus tells him he used to go by Hot Rod and was Rodimus Prime at one point. But still, the bots don't recognize him. He throws out a few more names. 
Optimus Prime, Grimlock, Thunderclash. Oh yes, they all know Thunderclash, but that's the only name they recognize. Steeljaw tries to calm him and tells Rodimus that they've had to overwrite some of their memories to survive the fuel shortage just like he did. And Rodimus retorts that they won't find any Energon here, so they should search somewhere else. But Steeljaw and his group have given up searching for Energon long ago. Now they've modified their systems to run on biofuel. Rodimus doesn't quite understand, and Steeljaw explains. They can make use of the local organic life forms and process them into a fuel source the bots can use to survive. Of course, the local life forms will be consumed by the process, but it should last them a little while with breeding and farming. Rodimus realizes with horror that these bots are going to destroy the local life forms and their civilization, starting with one creature that they just captured who was hiding in his cape. His friend, Shib. To be continued. So this, uh, I mean, we're getting a little bit dark here. I mean, I, in particular, you know, I mean, it, it's it's pretty much well telegraphed, you know, at, at the beginning of the story that the the these last surviving Cybertronians have become, you know, basically they, they live by eating, <laughs> eating uh, other living organisms, be, uh, other organic organisms. And, uh, you know, in particular, it's pretty, it's pretty dark. Those two guards who were guarding the capsule that Riot Gear found, it's clear that he just kind of ate them, ate them raw. <laughs> and that's, I mean, you don't, you don't, it's all off camera, but you know, you don't see those guards again. And yeah poor guys i mean that that's pretty dark but uh I, i'm liking the way this is the story is going i think the art is excellent um ej sue does a great job i think uh, uh nick roche i think maybe he does the flashback pages i'm not sure what what art he uh, actually contributed here but i thought all the art was awesome that that one flashback with the the big spread of of the autobots and decepticons fighting and then all the like the littered skulls all beneath their feet, Im- implying how much destruction, you know, and death they caused. I thought it was a really well done image. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see where the story is going. I was, I was interested to see uh, like all the different characters they pulled for these last surviving bots. Like, uh, like Steeljaw is from the, you know, Robots in Disguise 2015. We also see Strongarm, also from that series, in a flashback. Uh, moon of course people a lot of people have been going crazy for for moon from uh from the japanese beast war series uh override was nice to see her as a in um in this group as well uh also i mean and you can see the these last cyberdronians are they're a smattering of of bots from lots of different eras and it's decepticons and autobots and, and other and everything so um it's a it's you know very a very good mix there but they've all become kind of murderous <laughs> monsters eating eating the local population so that's not cool but uh, i'm i'm looking forward to the rest of this story uh daryl what did you think of this i liked it i thought it was good there's um there's an awful lot of exposition in this issue though so where the first issue kind of drops you into the world and just kind of uh gets the ball rolling really fast this issue slows everything down um quite quite quickly um now it ramps it back up near the end but uh for a while there it uh it it does slow it right down now this is a only a four-part miniseries uh but uh um 
this issue particularly is is filled with a lot of exposition and and world building and you know and what the hell's going on and, and where are we and um I did really like the way that the book started where um Rodimus he he it's it's like he was coming out of a of a coma right his uh his, yeah his his speech patterns were all messed up he he couldn't think straight he didn't know the proper words for things um you know and and you could the way it was written you're like you're you're thinking to yourself what is you know what's wrong here what's and then you kind of get it after a couple more word bubbles that oh yeah okay wait he's fucked up you know he's you know <laughs> he's he's been in stasis or or in in low power mode for centuries and you know he he's he doesn't know what the hell's going on it's like uh it's like a, a a raccoon coming out of hibernation in the spring. It's like they they they're all messed up. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I like the the way that that was written, and uh, um, yeah, it's been a fun story. The um, I'm super curious as to who the uh, um, the veteran is because uh, you know you know uh, Nick's keeping somebody back. You know somebody pretty pretty power or like like a, he's keeping a name back right like some a bigger named character back um somebody that's going to know who rodimus is um so yeah it's uh so I, I'm, there, I'm, there is there is a clue if you look at the like the the t- they tease the cover of the next issue at the back of the book so um i won't say who it but i mean if you look at that you can you can probably guess who the veteran will yeah, be I, I wish they wouldn't have done that oh, yeah. like now you're gonna make me block look. out that um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I won't say it either, but I'll, I'm going to take a look myself. Um, but I did, uh, I also, I've, I've really enjoyed the, uh, the flashbacks as well. So yeah, I've, uh, I've liked those that, uh, the one that Nick, you know, Nick has been drawing all those. You can tell it's Nick, uh, cause of the noses. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> but the big, the big double page spread with all the, the with all the characters, um, you know, uh, they're, it's got he's got characters coming from every single uh iteration of transformers in there and it's it's really quite good so yeah um i've been enjoying the series a lot all right uh jeremy what did you think i also really enjoyed it it it's nice seeing something that isn't really beholden to a particular continuity and this is just it, it's it's just a, a refreshing story even though it's very dark and dramatic but uh, I really like seeing Rodimus like as he slowly, slowly is coming back, you know, to himself again. But um, the art's good. Uh, the the humanoid—I don't know really what you call them—but th- those characters are also done really well. Um, it, and I don't know. I'm just I'm thoroughly enjoying the book. It, it's like got a lot of Western tropes to it. Um, I like the the characters that are included, like Strong Arm and. Uh, in that flashback, or um, out, what's his name? The Gripper? No, the the wolf. The oh, the, um, Steeljaw. Steeljaw. Yeah, my mind just farted. Um, I just I I love that they're using like he he's using newer characters, older characters, and it's just it, it's a a great mix, like you would probably expect towards the end of the time where you know you have survivors. So I'm. I don't really have any real complaints. Um, so I'm just, I'm just lo- loving this and looking forward to what's coming next. Um, so yeah, 
And, and personally, I, I can't tell the difference between the two artists. Like they, they blend together in this book where I just, you know, I, I had to go back and, and try to find the pages, but I think that's just to, to their credit. They, they blended it very well. All right. And uh, that is our review of last spot standing number two. So we will move on to Transformers Media News. All right. In media news this week, we uh, we got some more uh, looks at that Transformers Beast Wars uh, Monopoly game. So if you were, uh, you know, looking to, to do that, um, you know, we got uh, we got a little bit more information about that. The pricing on it, uh, it is... Uh, uh, going to be or, or has been listed for $69 Canadian um, or about $54 US. So, um, yeah, expect it around there. Um, the uh, uh, We got some images here of the uh, the Beast Wars pieces. So uh, they're, uh, they look pretty cool. Um, you know, they're just, uh, you know, the, the metal pieces. So... Um, but yeah, they look they look kind of neat. You've got uh, you've got them all. You've got either beast mode or or uh, robot mode as well um, to pick from. So a bunch more pieces than generally you would have gotten with a standard Monopoly game. Um, but uh, yeah, it uh, it looks pretty cool. There's a lot of information uh, if you really are, are are interested in in looking looking at it here. Um, one of the cards here. Let's see here. Um, yeah, there's a Maximal card here or a Predacon. I guess. I don't know if it would be a chance card or uh, whatnot, but it says uh, um, Tigatron rolls up a foils a plan by Black Arachnia to use a sonic emitter to blow a hole in the maximal base. Cancel a card that is played against you, or that's the maximal side. You Predacon, uh, Pterosaur is forced to keep his big beak shut as Rhinox causes chaos at the Predacon base. Lose your next turn. That's interesting. That's cool. So, so it, it's adding some mechanics to, to yeah. Monopoly. Game. That is. That's kind of different. Oh, it looks like it's coming with a golden disc. Obviously, everything comes with a golden disc right now. That's Beast Wars related. Um, yeah, neat. So yeah, if you're a Beast Wars fan and you like Monopoly, I think this is something you have to get. I think it's just you have to. Um, right on. Uh, and uh, uh, next up in gaming news, uh, Ninantix, um the uh, the they were making that was the company that was making the Transformers AR mobile game called uh, Heavy Metal. Uh, that uh, we talked about it uh, a while ago. That game has been canceled. So yeah, um, it had been up uh, and was being beta test uh, in a few countries, but uh, uh, they have now gone and canceled that game. Uh, this is the company that uh, um, is the is the creator of Pokemon Go. And this was going to be the the game that was going to be a Transformers version of Pokemon Go, essentially. And uh, it has now now been canceled. So um, that's they unfortunate. Also off, um, they also laid off like eight percent of their staff. Did they? Well, yeah. All right. Well, eight uh, percent is is not that much unless well, it went from uh, it cuts about eighty five to ninety people. That's a giant so, staff they've got. Holy smokes! Yeah. So they they canceled four games, including Heavy Metal. All right. Well, there you go. If you were looking forward to it, I mean, I was probably going to give it a try. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's unfortunate that uh, uh, some people have uh, lost their jobs. So, yeah. And in TV and streaming news, 
Um, some more G1 cartoon episode scripts are available online. Um, and uh, so we've got, uh, this is from the Sumbo Marvel Archive site. So if you're looking for some scripts to read, you've got scripts for Desertion of the Dinobots Part 1 and 2. Uh, we've got Blaster Blues and a Decepticon Raider in King Arthur's Court. Um, oh, and one more, the God Gambit. So, yeah, so there you go. Um, oh, and there's even more. Holy smokes. There's a lot here, actually. Wow. Um, yeah, so, uh, oh, no, that's it. That's it. Never mind. Um, but they are working on some uh, that are still coming. So there's a lot. There's a lot more here. But, uh, yeah, lots of um, lots of new scripts if you want to read them. That's very cool. Very, very cool stuff. Um, yeah, those uh, those early scripts are fun. Um, and me, even more. Holy smokes, I didn't even... I didn't see this last story. Um, so, again, with the Sunbow Marvel Ar- Archive site, uh, scripts for The Golden Lagoon and Make Tracks are now available. So, there you go. The Golden Lagoon is, is the one that has spawned so many repaints. Wow. All right. But that's it. That's all there is for media news. All right. And we will move on to convention news. Uh, well, TFCon is... It's happening this weekend, um, likely, as you're listening to this. Uh, we'll start off with some sad news. Alex Milne and Jack Lawrence have both had to cancel their appearances, so we will be missing them. But there are tons of other people at TFCon, including us, uh, the three of us, as well as Dr. Pants. So if you happen to see us or, or likely hear us uh, as, like, probably Charles is more likely to be recognized by someone hearing his voice and then, you know, turning around and seeing them but for me <laughs> and Darryl, we're just, it's that laugh yeah. you're, you're gonna hear that laugh <laughs> so but anyway just say hi we, you know we love to talk to people um and then 4 30 on sunday the very last thing of tfcon we have um our podcast roundtable. so you know if you're still in town stay and and watch that it'll be a lot of fun and yeah we're, we're looking forward to seeing everybody mm-hmm. that'll be fun and we'll have prizes yep All right, and we will finish up the show with feedback. So we got a message in the Discord. This is from Ichabod Drift. Uh, This message came in a couple weeks ago, but it was referencing Last Bot Standing number two. So I thought we'd save it until we actually did that review. Uh, So Ichabod Drift writes, What's up, my friends? Just listen to this week's alt mode, which he was referring to when we did Last Bot Standing number one. And thrilled to hear everyone seems to like the first issue of Last Bot Standing. The second has really started heating things up already, as Ann Luz has said. Just thought I'd share a couple of snippets from the Nick Roche interview Cybertron did, or Sabertron did, a few weeks ago that may shed light on a couple of Charles and Daryl's questions. For why he chose Rodimus, the biggest factor was he never really got to write him in any of his previous work for IDW. Drawn, yes, but write was a no. Moon is a pretty deep pull, but according to Nick, he wanted to use Waddle Pop, the Penguin Bot Bot. But Hasbro said they were off limits, so he went with another unusual cutesy character in that role instead. The variety of bots is apparently an acknowledgement of its of if this his, hip, hypothetical existed with only a handful of Cybertronians left in the universe at this point, they would be pulls from a variety of universes. Makes sense as well, since I seem to recall another interview with Nick saying this story is meant to be able to be tied roughly into any specific continuity the reader wants it to. Can't wait for the last two issues. So cool. That uh, And 
I, I kind of agree with Hasbro saying bot bots are off limits, especially with oh. the, the reveal we get for this issue. I don't want to think about bot bots eating people. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they, they steered him away from using bot bots <laughs> for this. I'm not. <laughs> so. I'm putting a link to the, the Sabertron podcast in our show notes. So anyone that wants to listen to can do that. Yeah, well, and we'll yeah, we'll have that available so everyone can find it. All right, well, that's our uh, that is uh, takes us to the end of this episode of Transmissions Alt Mode. As always, we end the show by giving a shout out to our masterpiece Donatrons. These are the Donatrons who contribute to the show at our highest level on Patreon. So thank you again to John Four X Eleven Good and Demon Tech Eighty Two. You guys are awesome. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of Transmissions. If you'd like to join the conversation, travel to our Discord channel at transmissionspodcast.com slash Discord. Want some cool transmission swag? Feast your eyes on our transmissions gear at transmissionspodcast.com slash shop. If you'd like to support our podcast, Go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support or tell your friends about our show. We'll see you next time.